you can position yourself and kind of show yourself as a dispensary that caters to that type of audience, you're going to have success on social media, regardless of what the Instagram rules are. And you don't want your brand to be something that people think of as a joke. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Weed Buzz Radio. I'm your host, Bry Russell, and I've been doing some networking. As I tell you all, all the time, we need to be networking. We need to be on LinkedIn, LeafWire. We need to be where our ideal customers are and where we can learn the most. And a couple weeks ago, we had an amazing opportunity as an organization on the not plastic side. We worked with Chelsea Motor at the Lit and Loaded Networking Conference, and we were able to participate and sponsor that event. I love networking opportunities, as you all know. And so whenever there's an opportunity for the team to kind of get out of the office here, even virtually, we take advantage of that. And during our time there, what you do is you get a couple minutes and you get to meet and it's kind of like speed dating, if you will, for professional networking. And me, myself, the team, we all joined this and uh, we spent, oh geez, probably two to three, I think some of us four hours in that room because we got to meet so many people. And one person that I think almost the entire team had the pleasure of speaking with and just really connected with was our friend Aman, who is joining us today from Toronto. So Aman, thank you so much for joining Wheat Buds Radio. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that was a great event. Probably one of the best virtual conferences I ever went to. I'm always overwhelmed uh, at those different types of events because there's just so many people. There's so much passion, so much knowledge being shared and so much excitement. And so I love and I would love for you to have the opportunity to share with our audience a little bit about why were you at this networking event? How did you get into the cannabis industry and what are you working on? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that was a great introduction. Thank you for that. I feel a little bit boosted up now and energized and ready to go. So, um, yeah, so I'm a social media marketer and I basically work with cannabis retailers in Canada. So Canada in Canada, cannabis is legal. So you're allowed to have dispensaries. You're allowed to buy the product. You're allowed to speak about it. You're allowed to you're, you're not there's certain things you're not allowed to do in terms of advertising. Um, but Instagram is one of the main channels that dispensaries can use to grow their audience and kind of leverage their uh, their products and their brand over their competitors. So what I do is I work with the dispensaries to build those Instagram pages because at the moment that's really the only advertising channel they have. And so I attended this networking event to kind of get an understanding of what's going on in the industry. It's always changing. I know um, the situation in the US is different. Each state kind of has its own situation, its own regulations. Um, but it's interesting to see how it's growing and how we're able to destigmatize it and kind of talk more about the health benefits and the natural benefits of the plant and kind of uh, how it can positively impact people's lives. Um, I did enjoy the presentations for from the speakers that were there. And then I obviously enjoyed um, meeting with all the people in the breakout rooms. And I got to know that there's so many different aspects in the cannabis industry. It's not just the product. It's also the payment system. It's the packaging. It's the distribution. It's, you know, the actual production. Um, there's people who cross uh, 
what are they called, like crossbreed plants and create different strains, which is pretty interesting as well. And yeah, I had a lot of fun. So what I'm working on right now is creating content for these dispensaries. And so what that means is basically taking several of their products, preferably all of them, but I know that that sometimes gets a lot with, uh, with the bigger dispensaries, but several of their products, and then we create photo shoots of them. And so we'll set up a little set um, with props and maybe some rolled joints and some edibles and whatever, and we'll create a scene and we'll snap a picture of it and we'll up edit it and upload it to that Instagram page. And so what that does is it puts in the audience's uh, mind that this is kind of a lifestyle image and you know like you're not really blatantly advertising the product but you are um but you have to be really careful because instagram does take down posts that say shop now or like buy now or anything like that especially if you have the cannabis hashtags too so it is a challenge but i'm having a lot of fun it's it's honestly fun i can't complain um i get to keep most of the products after i'm done with them so <laughs> it's great that sounds like a lot of fun. And what are some of the most significant challenges that you faced with Instagram? Because I know myself, I worked with two different agencies you know, when I first got started. And the first account we had, I think, was banned within you know two or three weeks. The second account we had had great momentum. And then that one just just with so many restrictions that got added on and then add, you know, 21 plus you see the engagement drop off, you see everything else drop off. So what are some of the kind of like most significant challenges that you've run into and how have you overcome some of those? Well, it's definitely the uh, captions. That's what I would say, because Instagram does scan your image um, and they also scan your captions to see what you're posting. Most of the time, if they can tell that you posted a product photo and then you're telling people to shop now, then you're enticing the audience and they'll delete the post. So that's happened twice. If it happens a third time, the account gets deleted, um, which, is, which is why we create a backup account too. And we just post everything to that one as well. Um, but it is the captions. You have to be very careful with how you direct your social media traffic to your website. And so I never say shop now or buy now or sale or anything like that. I just say, click the link in our bio to learn more. And when you phrase it like that, the audience understands that the website is where you buy the product, but Instagram doesn't flag it as enticing because you're not really telling anyone to buy anything. You're just saying visit our website to learn more, right? And that's true. They can visit the website to learn more. It did take me some time to learn that uh, though. And, uh, and it's definitely a challenge with the government of Canada as well because they have strict regulations for how you can advertise. So you can't entice people. You can't promote the sale of it. You can't say it's on sale or anything. You can't even list the price um, unless it's on the website. You can't list it anywhere else. And you also can't show it being used with alcohol. So, um, and you yeah, cannot so have celebrities either, right? Uh, you can't have celebrities or influencers. So if they know that you gave your product to an influencer and paid them to post it for you, they're going to come after you. That's definitely a big no-no. Yeah, so it's a challenge to promote the product. But I think it's also an opportunity to really grow the brand. Because if you don't have those influencers or other people kind of spreading the word about you, 
then it comes down to the brand. Why would someone choose this dispensary specifically over another one? And that's where you can get creative. You can focus more on the actual brand itself and kind of showing the brand um, mission, vision, uh, photos, lifestyle photos, and kind of just talk about the benefits or, or, or the reason why this brand was created in the first place. And that's what attracts that audience. Because at the end of the day, people love high-end luxury brands. And if you can position yourself and kind of show yourself as a dispensary that caters to that type of audience, you're going to have success on social media, regardless of what the Instagram rules are. The cannabis industry is really leading experiential customer, just overall experience. And, and I've, I've loved watching it because I think we saw the brewing industry. We've seen retail. We've seen a lot of industries really attempt to nail down and dial. And of course, some of your bigger brands, you know, they have their own sense and they have their own color, like, of course. But you see a lot of these companies that try to kind of get into it. And I feel like the cannabis industry has done a really good job. I mean, we still have a lot to do. And some of it is, of course, regulation. But I feel like we've done a really good job creating that experience. The branding transparency is is of the utmost important, I, I think, to all of us, because, you know, we, we see and, you know, those that put the work in, they want those differentiators. They want people to be able to trust it. And really, when it comes down to it, I think there's still so many consumers in the U.S. and probably in Canada that still may be a little nervous. They may not know how to consume. And so allowing, you know, these images and your stories to really tell the story and to educate, right? Like we don't need to push it down anybody's throat. We need to just make them feel welcome into our community, embrace and have them ask us questions and then provide the resources for them to learn more. So I really appreciate that. And I'm curious, did you work on other social media projects before you got into the cannabis industry? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what you said before is absolutely true. I do think education is a huge part of it. And I did work with other social media profiles. So I work with individuals mostly. So I have a personal trainer. Um, I was working with a business coach, not anymore, though, and a few restaurants as well. And so that definitely gave me that experience of building the content. So you're not going to shoot something every single day. That's literally way too much work. What you're going to do is you're going to plan a month or two of content in a pdf for april may and june mostly for the quarter you'll snap your photos all in one day so you'll set up your photo booth you'll do it all in one day and then you'll create your captions and all of that afterwards and so the experience of working with those brands before definitely transitioned into working with the cannabis retailers because it's hard to think of okay how do i post another product photo when I just posted edibles yesterday. Do I post edible chocolates today? Do I post edible gummies? It's kind of the same thing. You don't want to bore the audience at the end of the day. But when you do have that experience where you know you have to plan in advance and then you create your content all at once and then that way you're able to pull things from this day and mix and match them so it's not all the same content throughout the whole week or month, then yeah, that makes it so much easier. And then it also makes it easier for your audience to kind of follow along when they start to see a little bit of a pattern where let's say Monday is educational content, Tuesday is edibles, Wednesday is flower, Thursdays is pre-rolls or something like that. I mean, you're not going to blatantly say it, but they will start to realize it after they've been following you for a while. And it just helps, again, build that brand, that consistency. They start to understand what your company is about. 
And if your photos are really good quality, then you honestly don't have anything to lose. How important is consistency to any sort of marketing campaign, but specifically to digital marketing campaigns? I would say it is the top priority because as someone who has built their personal brand, I can tell you when I started posting videos on Instagram, I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't really plan my content in advance. I would go home, I would shoot it, I would edit it, upload it, and that's it. And what that did is kind of confused my audience because they didn't know what to expect. And every time I would speak about a topic that they weren't ready for, it didn't resonate with them. And so it definitely is the same thing with uh cannabis industry so if your color if your brand colors are black green and white and then you post a pink photo one day they're gonna be like what is this you know or if you're usually posting educational content and then you start posting memes about being high then they're gonna be like mm, you know now you look a little cheesy to me or i don't really take you that seriously because the the pages that do post those memes have a reputation for not being serious right and you don't want your brand to be something that people think of as a joke i mean it's it is okay to post memes if that's going to be part of your content schedule sure but you can't throw it in there randomly one day and then go back to posting educational content it's not it's not going to say well so consistency is definitely the most important thing if you are consistent with the way that your posts look and the text and the colors and you know the type of content that you post your audience is definitely going to be more receptive to that and they're going to engage a lot more as well. I've seen some comedians that have, you know, they've got their book of tricks, right? They've got their kind of script, their jokes. And then all of a sudden they have this offhanded joke about either a different culture or a different community. And it doesn't hit, right? It's the same. That's exactly what I saw as you were saying that is Absolutely. you've got this consistency. You're telling your story. And then all of a sudden you tell this, well, if you're not a comedian, it's not going to sit, right? Like yep. you've seen people who tell a joke and it's like, well, it was funny when so-and-so <laughs> said it on, on that special. Well, yeah, that's that's part of the repertoire there and part of the act. Uh, but, you know, somebody like me cannot necessarily just go make a joke about anything. And that's exactly the same way I see social media. And I think we see it fairly regularly, right? Like, oh, this is hilarious. Well, great. So like maybe your Instagram's hilarious, but not your LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, your Facebook is your serious platform. And I think that's, that's the other thing. And I'd love to ask you this because I have people ask me all the time, you know, how, like, how do you grow a channel? And my answer is I've never been able to grow six channels at once really well. And really it's, you know, kind of that consistency on one channel. And then of course you can support it through your other channels. But I didn't know if you had anything that you recommend to clients. Do you kind of have this, ah, let's throw, you know, darts at everything, or do you try to get very focused on the campaign you're working on? Absolutely. I do try to get very focused. And this came with personal experience as well. When I was trying to grow um, my personal brand, I started on Instagram, TikTok and LinkedIn at the same time. Now, the problem with that is there is different audiences on all three platforms. And I was posting the same content on all three platforms, which is the wrong way to do it. TikTok, you have a younger audience. You're allowed to be funny. You're allowed to do skits. You're allowed to make those jokes that are a little bit, you know, 
they Often. they can hit our yes exactly um whereas instagram is a little bit more lifestyle people want to see what you're doing they kind of want to see the behind the scenes or they want to you know it's like a highlight reel and then linkedin is i'm a serious business professional and this is my you know i'm giving you education about the industry that i'm in and i'm open to business so i was kind of posting jokes on tiktok that would go on instagram that would go on linkedin or i'd post educational content that would go on linkedin that would go on instagram that would go on tiktok my audience was not growing on any of those platforms so i grew my tiktok my tiktok to about 600 followers and then i kind of stopped because i was like i'm not attracting the right type of audience because i'm not posting the right type of content so i'm just going to continue to use tiktok to see what's happening but i'm not going to post any more content until i have the time to be able to create a strategy for this platform specifically. So I focused just on Instagram and I was able to grow to a thousand followers within four months, which I know is not a lot, but you know, some people have more success and it depends on their strategy and their industry as well. But once I did that, I was able to direct those followers to my TikTok. And then now I can post a little bit slightly different content on there. You know, that's a little bit more entertaining or a, it's a skit or it's like do's and don'ts of digital marketing or whatever. And then at the same time, I can direct those Instagram followers to LinkedIn where I can post more educational content. I can write blog posts or little articles or whatever it is I want to expand on for a certain topic that might be too heavy for Instagram. So you're absolutely right. It's not possible to grow more than one platform at once unless you get really unless you have a lot of free time and people helping you because to be honest you're probably going to have to record videos three times for each platform if it's around the same topic um linkedin likes to use widescreen whereas instagram tiktok is usually portrait mode so there that's two videos already then you have to brand it you know for each video you can't post a tiktok video on instagram or else they're gonna you know not boost it same thing you can't post a tiktok on linkedin because there's a lot of business professionals on there and then they're just gonna be like oh, i don't know about this it's kind of what my kids are doing and i don't take you seriously right so yeah you're absolutely right about that it's not it does require a lot of work if you want to grow the multiple channels at once, but I like to start with one. My clients start with one as well. And I always tell them, listen, it's better for you to have all these followers on Instagram that are going to be directed to your website rather than different people on different platforms that are not going to do anything with the information that you post to them. Because you have to build the community. And so if you've got you know two or three people across all platforms rather than concentrated, and in terms of, of quantity of followers, you know, one of the things that we advise our clients on the rise above media side is we're not looking for some million follower count, some arbitrary growth. What we're looking for is five to 10 prospects that are closing within a 60 day sales cycle. And so we try to get very, very focused. And what's, what's interesting is a lot of clients come to us that they want these like big audacious goals of, I want you know, 500,000 followers and okay, well, what are the goals? Well, 500,000 followers, for what reason? And ultimately, you and I know the ultimate reason is we want more revenue. And so what we try to focus on, and obviously a lot of what we do is B2B, but it's very much about creating that community, putting the avatar of your community as, as the hero of what you're doing, and then building that long-term relationship. And so I tell everybody, if you want to be a millionaire overnight, 
probably don't call me. I don't know about you, Amon, but I don't know if if, uh, if you do that either. But I'm what not we can close. do yeah, is we'll scale that over the next 12 and 24 months to be exactly where you need to be, to be the authority and the expert of where you need to be. And so it is. And it's hard because I think a lot of us that have really been in social media since, you know, MySpace and then, you know, burning CDs with Napster and all that, it really has been this evolution. And so our followings also kind of reflect all of those years where a lot of these brands, organizations, and individuals, they're just creating their project. Then they're just creating their personal brand for the first time. And so I try to tell everybody, don't compare yourself. Like this is your book. And if you're in chapter two, don't worry about chapter 13, because we've got to get to chapter three first. And so I love your philosophy on that. And I think it's a great way to help manage expectations as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. The struggle is sometimes clients will not listen and they'll go buy fake followers. And then you're just like, oh, you just ruined everything because the algorithm knows when you have fake followers and your engagement depends on the percentage of people who are following you that are liking and commenting on your post. So obviously, when you have fake followers, your engagement is going to be low. And this tells Instagram, this post is not important. Therefore, I'm not going to push it up to the top of the feed. Right. So you're actually hurting your own engagement by getting those fake followers who are, you know, and who's going to be impressed by that? All right. Five thousand followers. But how much money is your business bringing in every month? Right. Like the follow just because you have followers doesn't mean anything like people can have a thousand followers and be making a million dollars or they can have a million followers and be making a thousand dollars. Some of the most profitable businesses I know have five to 15 followers on some of their social channels. And so it really, yeah. it's about execution. And I think that's what we miss so much. We're always looking for this kind of like Hail Mary pass that's going to like, you know, solve our world's problems. And for some reason, we tend to believe that more revenue solves the world's problems. When ultimately, I think a lot of times when we look at the business, even my own businesses, right? I have to advise and consult myself and, and my own teams. We really have to look at things objectively sometimes. And, and that's really hard to do and i know but those tuned in you know they might have a hard time doing that and so aman if there's members of our audience that need some help on instagram and would love a little bit of coaching and mentorship and some execution what's the best way for them to connect with you and learn more well they can definitely connect with me on my instagram i'm a big believer in sharing all your tips so i don't really hide anything from my audience there's some complex information on my instagram that might be beneficial for people who are already well along on their social media journey but i do have a lot of beginners tips as well on my instagram that i post almost every day i try to be very consistent um so definitely you i mean if you're if you're not interested in coaching or consulting that's totally okay there's a lot of information on my instagram that you can benefit from um but it really depends on how you start and i think a lot of times people want to wait until they have all the information before they start but that's not always the best way to go about it sometimes you just have to start and then once you start you begin to learn where you know you should focus your efforts and what kind of content you should post and whether you like it or not you're going to get feedback from people and you should use that feedback to change your content but if you're going to sit there and wait till you have all the information before you start you're never going to start and you're only going to slow down your growth. So my advice, there's a lot of information on my Instagram. Feel free to connect me with connect with me on there. It's at emandesigns underscore. So E-M-A-N designs underscore. And 
so much content on there that you can benefit from. You can also message me at any time. But the important thing is just start. Don't wait until, you know, you do some more research or get a few things sorted out. Don't worry about all that. Start. It's not going to be perfect, but you'll you'll make it work. That's one of our favorite philosophies. Mike Major and I uh, helped put together the two weeks to launch podcasting course. And the first thing that we said was just start doing it. You need to watch the videos first because you need to know how it all works before you start. You can, but just start. And once you commit to it, I, I think one of the most fascinating things to me when starting any of the personal shows that, that we produce was just announcing the show was enough doing to get attention, to have a conversation, to engage your community. And what I tell people is, yeah, the podcast is going to be great. It's going to be a work in progress for eternity. But the fact that you're doing something is something of value to your community. And so I love that. Just get started. Don't overthink it. And ultimately, I think a lot of times once you get started, you realize things are so much simpler than you believe. So thank you all so much for tuning in. Be sure to go over to our show notes on WeedBudsRadio.com. That way we'll have all of the links there and you can connect directly through Instagram. We'll have that link there. Go get some social media tips. And thank you so much for joining us on Weed Buds Radio. It's just been such a pleasure. It was great meeting you at the Lit and Loaded conference and just so much fun to have a conversation with you today. Yeah, absolutely. Same. Thank you for having me. It's, it was a great pleasure. I'm happy that I was able to uh, educate some people on the cannabis industry and digital marketing. And hopefully I'll connect with a few uh, interested individuals as well. I'm definitely open with that. Thank you so much. We'll see you on the next episode of Weed Buds Radio.